from the center of the universe and the home of your Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts. It's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos post-game reaction podcast brought to you by Something in the Water Brewing as the Toronto Argonauts beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 31-15 at Tim Hortons Field. Ben Grant joined, as always, by JB. A little different this time because I'm doing the post-game podcast from the radio booth. We just finished up the broadcast on TSN 1050 with, with Mike Hogan. There's all sorts of festivities going down on the on the field down below me. But, uh, yeah, we wanted to get this one in before my two and a half hour drive back to Toronto. So uh, please excuse the noise in the background and anyone who may enter through that door if you're watching on YouTube. JB, before we get into this game, I just want to talk briefly about Something in the Water Brewing located in Liberty Village. You can now go down to Something in the Water Brewing and get Longboat Pale Ale, the beer that was made for fans of the Double Blue, the beer that was inspired by Toronto right guard Darius Bladek, who took Philip Blake down to, down to Something in the Water a, a number of times and I'll, I'm going to get Darius Bladek to tell the full story at some point that will come to you but yeah I was just talking to the, the guys at Something in the Water and they said yeah we noticed these guys coming in we didn't know who they were but we knew what they were you could tell from a mile away they were football players and they became huge fans of the place to a point where Something in the Water decided they needed to make a beer for Argos fans and that's exactly what they did Longboat Pale Ale JB, 31-15, it was a game dominated by Toronto, but it got a little dicey there. Did you ever feel this one was in jeopardy (laughs) as it was a seven-point game at one point in the fourth quarter, which I just didn't see coming after the first half? Uh, No. Uh, (laughs) It's a a very weird feeling to to not be worried when these games are often a little closer uh, than you would expect, but but the reality is, is that, like, you know, Hamilton's nickel and dime screen, running back screen, wide receiver screen, hook, hook, wide receiver screen, you know, like, that's just not, you know, I mean, it just didn't worry me. I just knew that, like, at some point that that was going to come to an end. Um, you know, yeah, the Argos did not play as well offensively in the second half, which was a little disappointing. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the game was the game was well in hand. It was... Uh, a professional road victory from a very good team. Yeah, if if you look at the first three games of the season, it sort of mirrored that, where Toronto built up a huge lead in the first half. And in this one, Chad Kelly threw for 248 yards in the first half, and then only, I think, 58 yards in the second half. And most of it on that one pass completion to Devaris Daniels. They just didn't really need it, though. So it wasn't like Chad Kelly was... was suddenly lit himself on fire or anything like that he still ended up with great stats just in the second half he was being careful he wasn't taking chances deep down the field and they relied on the run a little bit more got AJ Olette going he ended up with 84 yards on on 10 carries which is huge a lot of it aided by that I think it was a 36 36 yard run he had down the sideline yeah that was yeah it was just amazing yeah it was it was a monster run because he, he what I loved about that run wasn't the like he still carried some people on his back because that's just what AJ Olette does as part of every run. But 
the burst that he had to the sideline. You don't usually see AJ get big gains on a play like that that's going out wide. But he got up to tremendous speed, got to the sideline, turned it upfield, and then dragged like four or five tacklers those last 10 yards to make it a 36-yard run. He played well tonight. I, I feel like there's just not a lot of Argos who didn't play well tonight. And yet, somehow it was a game in late in the fourth. But like you said, I wasn't really ever worried either. And maybe that's just what comes of like, Toronto's a good team. You know, we're not worried about Toronto blowing the lead because we know that they can strike fast and come back. You know the defense isn't going to let up big play after big play. And after getting to 4-0, you just kind of foresaw 5-0 pretty easily, even though I think I think Powell played all right for the Ticats. You know, yeah, he ended I, w- up- I, I was impressed with him, actually. I thought that he... He had he had pretty good poise. I mean, of course, he he had he had the starter package um, game plan, and so that that will often you know make you know the well designed offensive game plan for a brand new quarterback. And you you can't now that that's on film, <laughs> you only get one chance to use the starter package. So we'll we'll really get a sense uh, when he if he plays again. But certainly, I thought he had potential. Yeah, for sure. He he was he played smart football. He took what was there. He didn't really push the ball downfield. He didn't put it in harm's way. Even the interception, it wasn't. It was a tip ball. Like it was sort of on him. The ball came out a little bit late. He doesn't have a lot of juice on it. Like he doesn't have a Chad Kelly arm. And Mechie made a really nice play to get a hand on it. Ends up getting picked off by Jamal Peters. But yeah, he, you know, he, I think he made a case for himself to be like a, a guy who could be a backup in this league for ten years. Yeah, and that's, you know, and again, it's just one game. And I, I don't think the Argos would have prepared for a lot of the stuff we saw. Like, I, I, I don't think I've seen Hamilton run nearly as much empty as they did with Powell. It was so weird. They went back and forth between plays where they ran sort of like a diamond backfield with three backs in the backfield, pass protecting, like max protecting. They also ran a double tight split backs with max protection, but then they also ran empty a bunch of times with just five guys and, and six receivers running quick routes. They ran all hooks a couple times with the six wideouts, but that was, <laughs> it was effective though for five or six yards because obviously Toronto is not going to be playing zero against that. So, you know, somebody's going to be in a soft zone and you can, you know, he was smart enough to find the guy but I think teams are going to find ways to counter that. I also think Toronto, they could have played that more aggressively. They didn't need to, though. So that's a little bit of it as well. So that 282 yards passing, uh, Powell was 27 of 41 for 282. Also ran for 37 yards, uh, including a 15-yard touchdown run. So it was it was a good game from him, but I didn't feel like he was a threat. And that's the thing. Like, it's... Now that he's worn off his his sort of new guy on the field card, uh, we'll see. I, I I don't know if I'd be picking Hamilton in their next game. What did you see defensively from the Argonauts? Anything that you were worried about? Uh, no, I, I thought that, I thought they played pretty well. I mean, uh, um, I, I, I do think they could probably this week they may look at tackling in space. Um, do a couple of times people were juked out of their shoes and it can all you can always work on you can always work on you know breaking down and 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 wrapping up in space uh but i thought the defensive line played fantastic uh brinkman was terrific he brings an energy to that line um you know that, that really turns that line into a hungry hunting pack um you know mcmanus and jones crushing people 
secondary flying around. I mean, they didn't have much to do. It was, you know, as I said, hook, screen, 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 hook, screen, screen, run, run, hook, 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 screen. But, uh, you know, I thought that on the whole, the defense played played very well. And every time Hamilton got close to the red zone, ended up being a Legio field goal. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's on the Hamilton coaching staff. For some reason, they thought that this was like the 2017 Argos and that you could win by kicking four field goals. Um, didn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I guess you lose by less, maybe, but I, I didn't understand why they were constantly kicking short field goals in a game that they were clearly going to lose by two touchdowns. Yeah, I didn't really get that part either. I, I, I want to talk about Brinkman for a second because you, you brought him up and just talked about how well he played. Brinkman, there were a few plays that stood out. Uh, there was one where he took David Beard, the Hamilton center, who's a really good center. This is a high-quality player. And he took, he took Beard and just, like, threw him away like, like laundry. Just threw him to the side and wrapped up Butler and threw him to the ground. And even the sack where he got, he got a face mask penalty, got the hand up, it was still a heck of a play to get there. You just hate to see that he has to have the discipline to have that not end in a, a face mask penalty because it was such a good play leading up to that but he had so many like that where he's just throwing guys aside he just looked like a he's a different size man from everyone else on the line and uh, he showed it and he showed the, the the rest like he isn't he isn't dressed for the last couple games he came in very fresh and he looked it just like fired out of a cannon tonight uh, offensively, let's talk a little bit about what we saw from... Actually, no, wait, before we shift to offense, let's talk about the defensive play calling because I didn't think it was very exotic. I thought Corey Mace played a fairly conservative brand of defensive football. I think he could have been more aggressive in blitzing. They didn't send a lot of heat. They didn't disguise a lot of coverage like I would see either. They played a lot of base defense, a lot of cover four. Are you a fan of that? Would you rather have seen them send heat? No, a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, I talked about when we did OCDC. Why would you put anything on film against these guys? I mean, you know, no, <laughs> know. Disres- no disrespect to Hamilton, but it's like we can beat you just, you know, playing our cats are better than your cats, and uh, that's what they did. I think that's the smart decision. I mean, he could have, and he could have dunked on them, but but to what end? Um, you know, why show Saskatchewan anything? I thought, uh, you know. I thought that that was absolutely the the way to go and and you know coach coach agreed <laughs> i know and it's not wrong i can't really criticize it because it's not wrong i just think it's a rival in their building they had a chance they could have i really believe that if coach mace really wanted to bring it today and if coach dimity on the offensive side of the ball wanted to bring it today i feel like they could have buried hamilton in front of their own home crowd had them asking questions like what's the answer here they'd be talking about all sorts of things i, I don't think i don't feel like Ticats fans as i watched the last of them leave the stadium here i don't think they felt like this game went really badly for them because they were in it in the fourth quarter with the third string quarterback and I, I just feel like they they could have sent these fans home with a very different message if they just turned on the gas the whole way but you're right it's it's a marathon not a sprint and so in terms of the rest of the season in terms of next week against Saskatchewan this probably was the right call uh talk about Jack Kelly's first half uh, is is that his best half of football? What he did in the first half today? Yeah, I mean he he looked absolutely in control of the offense. Um, you know those uh, between the number passes are just rockets. I mean Matt Dunnigan on the TV broadcast was, um, you know, 
orgasmic, if I could use that word. Uh, he, you know, it was Kelly was on fire. He was showing how he is the best quarterback in the CFL. Um, and uh, you know, I know things cooled down in the second half, but you know, give or take. The, I mean, he had he did have that one terrible um, you know throw where he tried to get rid of it, and Edwards almost ran it back for a touchdown, which would have been something to watch Edwards run an 80-yard ball back for a touchdown. But, uh, you know, other than that and a couple of uh, overconfident throws into coverage that was way too tight, um, he, he you know, he tore them apart. Like, he just has a rocket arm. And if you play any kind of zone defense, he's just going to get the ball into the receiver before. And, I you know, and I do think the receivers played unbelievably well. I think that those a lot of his passes were there, but not easy catches. You know, some some were high. Um, you know, some were coming at 140 miles an hour. Uh, you know, the, I thought the receivers did an excellent job of uh, of of converting Chad's throws in the first half. There were three throws that Chad Kelly made that I think exceeded 60 miles an hour. They were so fast. The one, DeVaris Daniels touchdown, he was in this little window of space, but he didn't have that window long. And Chad Kelly threw it so fast in there. I couldn't believe the speed on the ball. The other was Curly Gittins Jr. coming across the middle, had to reach up and just sort of barely grab it. I don't know how he secured that football again. It just came in so fast. I know Edwards thought that was going to be a pick. I mean, not to talk about him, but he was... He did. You know, he, he was a problem. Think, he yeah, was no, all over the field tonight. He, he played really well. Yeah, he played very well for Hamilton. And I thought he was going to pick that ball too, but yeah. I just didn't, I didn't count on the speed and neither did Edwards. It came in so fast. And then the third one was a bubble screen to Phillips and you never see a zip on bubble screens. I thought it was going to get stuck in Phillips' face mask. It went so fast out there, but it gives, you know, but the nice thing about getting it there fast, not only can you get into windows that other quarterbacks can't normally, you give your receiver time. So if you're throwing a ball with lightning speed suddenly instead of the defender just being a yard or two away he might be five yards away and now it gives you a chance to make some make a move to to uh, get more yardage out of it so yeah I thought he played a really nice game his only mistake like you said was floating up that dangerous ball towards Curly Gittins Jr. where he just didn't want to take a sack but he's got to eliminate that that's that's basically the same thing as the the pick he threw last week in Montreal he's got to take away that the one bad play, it didn't cost him this time, but it easily could have, because that wouldn't have just been a pick. It would have been a pick six. And so, and to, I think to Edwards at that. So you just can't have that. He's got to eliminate that. I think otherwise he played a really smart game, a really good game. I don't think it was quite, by the end of the game, it wasn't quite the level of what we saw from him last week in Montreal, but it didn't need to be, right? He wasn't asked to, you know, it's not like Hamilton was still hanging around. They, they were on the scoreboard, but it wasn't the same as in Montreal last week where it was a tie game late and you needed Chad to pull out a drive. This was a little different, so uh, not quite as a good a game, but somehow, again, the Argos for the fifth straight game are over 30 points, although 31 points actually brings down their scoring average, which is pretty unbelievable, but they're, they're a juggernaut right now. They are very deservedly the number one ranked team in everybody's power rankings, and again, against a, a, an opponent that sometimes gives them trouble in this building, uh, they did everything they needed to do. Uh, special teams. Any concerns about Boris Beatty? Uh, I know he missed a field goal last week. He missed an extra point today, both of which are uncharacteristic based on what his season has done. Uh, how do you feel about the special teams contributions here tonight? 
<laughs> well, I mean, that's a bigger question. No, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I think if he, he you know, you're going to look, you're going to miss the occasional kick. I know that Legio's made a list, you know, made a bunch of kicks, then he missed a, you know, convert. Um, it happens, you know. I just think it's 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 no different than a wide receiver dropping a ball, or you know, it. I I don't have an issue with it. Look, last year he he was the worst kicker in the CFL, statistically. Um, so yeah, no, I'm not worried at all. I think that when when push when he's a gamer, when the game's on the line, he's gonna pipe it. So I'm I'm on board with him, you know, all the way. There would be almost nothing he could do that would make me worry about him. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. I don't really have concerns there. I do have some concerns about some other areas. Special teams was not great. A, a few special teams gaffes led to the first two field goals that the Tiger Cats scored. So the first was uh, was the first. The first was a long return. And then the second one ended up being that that onside punt where the Argos looked lost. And what surprised me about that onside punt where we ran it well that's the thing the Argos ran that very same play last week and it's those same guys on the field that looked a little bit lost I think there was I think it was McFadden and was it it was McFadden and Ungerer that I guess they never ran I guess they never played the scout team on it I I guess not defense but they both looked up like you know why is there a guy here but clearly Hamilton ran it was just a mirrored version of the of the onside punt that that Toronto ran last week Except better. <laughs> yeah, it was really well executed. And it was yeah. a, a time where I couldn't understand why Hamilton wasn't going for it. It was third and seven, no, I think, I but it was from the Toronto 50. And at that stage of the game, down multiple scores, I was talking about it on the broadcast with Hoagie, was saying, like, this this should be a situation where you, you go for it. And when they didn't, I thought, okay, well, something's up. And they lined up in the onside punt formation. And you're like, oh, okay. Except clearly the, the Argos special no, the... teams didn't clue into that. <laughs> I don't. The onside punt didn't make any sense. Um, I mean, I don't know why you would never try and catch the ball. You should always try and catch the ball, even if you don't know what's going on. Even if you just got off the plane from Houston and you've never seen the CFL game. Like, if you're on the kick, ret- if you're on the punt return team, and the ball is coming to you, you go get the ball. Um, but uh, you know that was. I mean, I don't know. It seemed a bit. Obviously, Hamilton was pretty desperate. Uh, the kick return is a bit more concerning. Um, you know, they averaged 38 yards on kick return with uh, Alford coming up next week. That's not great. The kick return coverage has got to get tightened up. And again, running stuff that Toronto ran last week. They ran the fake reverse on the <laughs> one know. return, which Toronto <laughs> ran twice last week. I know, except better. Oh, and they, that they was did. The, that was the only thing. Is like Hamilton decided oh. to to show <laughs> us how to run those two plays. So, I mean, thank God they didn't win because it was how how galling it would have been to to lose to a team that took our trick plays, ran them correctly for success. <laughs> I know. And that it, it totally they totally bought it too. I was watching on that play, I was watching the sort of second level of the Argos coverage team come down the field. I didn't actually see what happened. I didn't see the fake reverse until the replay. But I knew something happened because I'm watching the coverage team and they all froze. The whole second level yeah. froze. They all stopped. I thought, uh oh what happened here? Is it is it a fumble or a reverse? And of course, it ended up being the fake reverse. But that moment, that's what you're trying to do out of that. You're getting the coverage team to either go the wrong way or stop moving their feet. They stopped moving their feet and Hamilton I was actually, able to yeah, take that a long I way. I actually like the fake reverse much more than the reverse. Me too. It's yeah. safer. It's safer. Yeah. And it and achieves almost the same thing. I know. Exactly. I, the fake reverse is absolutely the way to go. And <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll watch that and 
and uh, polish up a couple things. But certainly with Alford coming, the kick return is really the only takeaway from, from what was a very good game. And the nice thing, too, is they've got some time now. You've got Saskatchewan playing BC, which Toronto can now, from the comfort of their own homes, watch uh, their game already played. It's a nice thing about having the extra day. And while Toronto is sitting nice and cozy at home watching the game, Saskatchewan's entire team is in the furthest province away that you could possibly be from Halifax. So it's all good stuff for Toronto setting up. Uh, this Halifax game next week, uh, JB. Let's get to let's get to some um, uh, coaching decisions and the aggressiveness and all that stuff, and then we'll get into players of the game and plays of the game and stuff. Coaching wise, I was I was disappointed at the lack of aggression offensively, defensively. I wanted to see more from it. It sounds like just from us having talked about Coach Mace that you feel like this was exactly the way to play it. Um, you wouldn't have gone for it maybe on a couple of those third downs or been a bit more aggressive mm-hmm. down field in the second half no I, I i honestly when watching it like i thought you know i thought the short field goal they kicked was the right one to to go back up 17 uh i think this was a game management game um and uh you know i i, I think that when you know they we have them in hand and when you have a team in hand that changes the punting equation because i think you do rely on your defense to to get the job done and, and you know, you look risk and reward. Um, I, there was nothing about Hamilton's offense that scared me, so therefore it never bothered me when we gave the ball back to them because, our, you know, our punt coverage was good. Um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think th- that made sense to me to, to not push it or to show what they had in their third down, you know, playbook. I think it was interesting. This is we're all over the place now, but I was just looking at the stat sheet and I see that Tim White did not have a single catch tonight. Tim White is the one receiver you're scared of on Hamilton. Like I know, like Duke Williams is a good receiver. He had six catches for 65. But Tim White was the the big play guy last week. He's the guy you want to take away. And if you look at at what what Hamilton came up with offensively, you have the running back, Butler, has eight carries for 14 yards, and their number one receiver has no catches on four targets. That is, that's a huge success for the Toronto defense. Take their two best guys away. You know the quarterback isn't one of their best players. He's the third string quarterback. Take away their, their running back. Take away their best receiver. If you can beat us, quarterback, with all those other pieces, great all the power to you and obviously he's not going to be able to do that so smart defensively i guess if that was the plan which i'm sure it was yeah i mean i think the issue probably was that tim white was not within six yards of the quarterback (laughs) i know he was downfield well they were but they were playing tight to him too they they were definitely aware of where tim white and butler were butler was it was funny to watch we've seen the linebackers get involved so much this season on blitzes and toronto didn't really run that a lot at all today when they blitzed it tended to be halfback and picket sometimes but it wasn't from it wasn't from mcmanus and jones to the degree it was they were watching butler so instead of blitzing they're just playing smart football five yards off ready to close as soon as he gets the ball and it did it did Compromise them a little bit on play action, but again, for for what? For a five yard pass over the middle, that was it. They had the second level ready for those. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was just a, a a really nice game plan. Even though I know I said I, I did want it to be more aggressive. I just like I like aggressive football, both on defense and offense. I wanted to see that. This was smart, and it obviously worked. 
Uh, JB, let's get into let's get into players of the game and plays of the game, and then uh, yeah, we'll we'll call it a night and get out of here. What was a, a really nice thirty-one fifteen win? So, who's your player of the game? Where are you going on this one? Um, yeah, I looked at it. There wasn't anybody who really stood out. Um, I thought that um, I thought that obviously Chad Kelly played really well, and um, you know it would be easy for me to pick him but I'm going to go more defensively uh, like I talked about I thought Brinkman played fantastic uh, I know he had that one terrible penalty but he absolutely came out shot out of a cannon and brought real energy to the defense but I'm going to go player of the game to uh, Darius Pickett I know I go on and on about him but um, he's really I'm gonna, good I'm going to say look just like we called McManus last year Get on the bandwagon early. He is going to be the Eastern Conference defensive player. Um, it's just going to be that way. You know, he he is all over the field. He he sacks. He pressures. He goes downfield in coverage. Um, he, he you know he lets the defense do so many of the variable things they do because you can ask him to do almost anything. Led the team in tackles. Um, almost had. Uh, almost had a sack, but you know, lots of quarterback pressure. Uh, he, you know, he is the heartbeat of that defense. So I'm going to go pick it. Yeah, that's a good call. And he he actually made a couple of really nice special teams plays too. There was a one tackle he made on a, a punt where they they had they had a couple guys that were trying to hold him up at the line of scrimmage who couldn't. He got by them, was able to settle his feet exactly five yards from the point of the the catch on the punt and then closed in and made a one-on-one tackle. And that was one of his two special teams tackles. But they can't have him on that team all the time. He's exhausted half the time because he's doing so much defensively. So he was being subbed out for for Edouard and and uh, for Sutton today. So he wasn't always able to be out there as a gunner or as a, as a slot gunner on, on punt team. But every time he's out there on a special teams play, it catches my eye. I did think of you briefly on, I think it was the first kickoff the Argos took. Was it Pickett that caught the ball on the very first kickoff he did and then he almost got into a traffic accident <laughs> i know i and thought I'm of like, you what was going oh my god what was what going through your mind doing? on that get this guy off kick return <laughs> come on come on coaches enough i know, I know well, we can do it and i know he's good at it but you know you don't you don't take your porsche out to clean snow so let's let's just leave the porsche in the garage in the winter okay let's take him off kick return and uh, that's that is my that was my plea. Especially because Hamilton was the team that kicked it to him like four times the last time yeah. the Argos were here in preseason, which was even worse. But yeah, I thought of you when I saw that. And I, I don't oh think he God. don't think he got another one after that. Uh, my player of the game, I'm going to go a little uh, differently here. I, I also want to tip my hat to Brinkman and to Chad Kelly. I, and I was going to go with Chad Kelly. He had a great night, 20 of 27, 306, two touchdowns. But I went with him last week. I, I think instead... Curly Gittens Jr., who has been quiet all season, really did step up today. He ran some beautiful routes. He made some gorgeous catches. He ended up with six catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. And the touchdown was a nice one, too. Um, and caught some balls in heat. And also, um, when when there was uh, traffic around him, 
he was able to at least keep the ball away from the defender. There were a couple where Chad was going to give him a chance in tight coverage. And, you know, he was smart enough to be able to use his body to get in front. And even though he wasn't able to bring it in, he wasn't going to let the defender come away with a pick either. So I think Curly Gittins Jr. gets my player of the game. This looked like the Curly Gittins Jr. we saw over the last two seasons, who was a little bit quiet in those first four games out of the gate. Uh, what's your play of the game? This is, again, there's a few options here. What did you think was your, your highlight, your play of the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you could go with the Gittins touchdown. I mean, it was sort of the beginning of setting a tone. Um, but I'm going to go with the Stiggers pass knockdown. Um, it would have made a, a 10-point lead in the fourth, right at the beginning of the fourth. Uh, would have been, a, you know, Hamilton really was pushing. Or you could feel it. <clears throat> Even on TV, you could feel the stadium and the team starting to get faith. I wasn't particularly worried, but I thought, um, no, I don't know <laughs> if he was cut out of position, and that's why he had the rush back. But nonetheless, um, he he did get there, and I'm happy Hamilton did not challenge the play. And, uh, you know, it was a terrific knockdown. It was a beautiful knockdown, and he wasn't out of position, so that was actually cover two on that play in near the end zone. So he was clouding Duke Williams down the sideline. He had an eye on him. Now, he got a little bit further away than I think he would have liked, but he had to stay pinned because there was action in the flats, and the coverage was late. The help was late coming over top because it was right against the sideline, and so it is a long way in a cover two defense for a safety to travel, and so Stiggers very alertly realized, I got to get back here, and he turned on the Jets, and What was so beautiful about it was that he needed every inch of his jump and it needed to be timed perfectly. The perfect timing, he was able to jump and right at the very top of his jump, just got it fingers on it, was able to tip that ball away and prevent a touchdown. Hamilton ends up, I think, kicking a field goal on the next play. And that was, it's just a huge loss to be able to go down there for Hamilton, not come away with a touchdown was, was major. So that was a huge turning point. Yeah, I love that as a play of the game. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball. I thought the Devaris Daniels catch late for me was the play of the game. It ended up being a 35-yard catch. If Devaris had seen it earlier, it could have been a touchdown. Chad was under tremendous a tremendous pressure. He somehow got rid of the ball out to Devaris. He knew Devaris was one-on-one. Devaris got his head around late, and it's tough. We saw the same thing. It was a ball early in the game. I think it was, was it Coxie early that caught a deep ball in a similar kind of scenario? Uh, same uh, same Brissette, end of the field. Maybe? Oh, it was Brissette. You're right. It was Brissette. Yeah. Same end of the field. The wind here today was really odd, blowing the ball all over the place. Kickers had a time with it. Those those deep balls, the ball floated inside and outside. And Devaris is trying to pick this up and he's turning around, he's inside out. He somehow came down with it and had the presence of mind. He knew he caught it. He knew he secured it, but he had the team rush to the line of scrimmage, trying to force Hamilton to burn a challenge, knowing that, knowing full well that he came down with that football clean. So I thought all in all, that was a huge play. And right when Hamilton was able to get close, that basically put the game away because now you're again setting up a, a, a two-score margin yeah i mean that was it, yeah exactly it's sort of that was sort of the dagger in the game i do think i probably would have gone with the uh, like the tip uh, interception pick six to peters um except that the referees decided to call it block in the back because one of their referees got smoked on the sideline <laughs> it wasn't a block in the back like i could see i, know. I, I originally First thought all, it was it was, it was it was not a block in the bag. Now, of course, if they challenged it, Toronto would have said, yes, it is. But it's not. If you hit them from the shoulder, like everybody in football understands, that is not block in the back. 
I initially Locking, thought it was back his numbers. I thought it was a peel back they were calling initially when I saw it live. But you watching the replay, it wasn't a peel back either. That was a completely no. clean block. But no, no, it just <laughs> happened to wipe out the live. And look, I hope I both okay. I hope he's okay you know, too. But, but man, he crushed that guy. That, that's I mean, that's why they're like, no way, we're not giving you this touchdown. So like, I can I can respect that too on the level. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's the wrong call. <laughs> who was it that came over? Who came flying over on that? I didn't see McManus. who that was. It was McManus. Okay, because yeah, I couldn't it see. It was absolutely on the shoulder nod. Because like, if, if you call that uh, a block in the back, then essentially 90% of kick is gonna are going to be, you know, kick returns are going to have blocks on the back, uh, which I guess they do kind of. But, you know, that's your... You know, I thought that was that would the, the the tip interception pick six probably would have been my play of the game had had that not gone that way. Well, we are going to wrap things up and get out of here. But just before we do, we've got some uh, just a little bit of a change this week. There's going to be some scheduling changes and so forth. I am heading out in just a matter of hours to BC uh, for my sister's wedding. And so I'm going to be in there all week. We will still get you a pregame walkthrough podcast at some point this week. Um, But it is an issue with uh, JB. You are in Halifax, so we'll be four hours time zone wise apart. So uh, we'll see what we can do. But we will come up with our our pregame walkthrough podcast at some point this week and then for next weekend's game our post-game reaction podcast is probably not going to be right after the game as it usually is look for that one the next day we'll see when we can get a time to record it it may be me sitting in an airport or on an airplane i don't know we will find a way to get it to you but please don't be surprised if things are a little bit off schedule this week and then for the following game will be all all things uh back to normal but jb you are going to be in halifax obviously all week this week setting up for it when did the festivities get underway uh in halifax this week it's the last few days this time it's not like a full week long thing. no well yeah the the team's not flying the argos aren't flying until friday right Right, so, so it's a little different uh, there than are, last there year. There are, yeah, which is which is too bad, because um, it, it, it certainly was, um, um, you know, more fun to to kind of watch the practice and see different things. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, I know there's some rider events, but uh, I don't I don't know for sure what's happening on Friday. I don't know if they're doing a practice Friday afternoon or not. Um, but I know they're getting in at noon on Friday, so. Um, I'll have to see whether I'm going out to that or uh, it. It rained like the end of the world here today in terms of in terms of climate change. The climate change update part of the pod. So, um, you know, hopefully the world is still here. Um, come the Grey Cup. Because there was a lot of rain here today. Yeah, there have been some strange ones. Again, this is off topic, and we'll we'll get back to our our regular schedule stuff. But yeah, there's been some it's been some strange ones from snowball sized hail in in Italy to uh, whatever else was going on in the East Coast with you today. But uh, yeah, that will uh, just about do it for us on this episode of the X's and Argos podcast. Again, the final score: the Argos thirty-one, the Hamilton Tiger Cats fifteen. For JB, this is Ben Grant saying so long, and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya.